the two greatest things that college aged men and women struggle with is number one, this is crazy to me, is suicide. Wow. Number two is pornography. Hey guys, you're listening to the Reign in Life podcast, a movement for all men to rise up and take hold of their identities in Christ. Nick, so I got a email yesterday and this really humbled me. Getting an email like this one really helps out in knowing that A, there's people that are hungry that actually desire this stuff. There's people who uh, are looking for the answer and they're vulnerable enough to reach out to somebody like this. So I'm going to read it to you and tell me what you think. He said, just checked out your, I've been addicted since I was 12 and now I am 20. I see God trying to work in me now. And I know that we're all chosen, but it gets hard and it feels like something in me always drives me to go watch something that will lead me to watching pornography. If you have any advice or tips for me, I would appreciate it. Or even your personal experience with it. I think for all men, a lot of people think that specifically with the church or Christians, they think that a wife is going to solve their pornography addiction. Wow. Right. Because they think that like, if I can just have the real thing, then, then I can finally give up, um, pornography, uh, that's a lie. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people will be like, well, I disagree with that. And they're probably young people who are unmarried. Right. <laughs> I will say this, man, when you go into a marriage, everything that you are is also brought into that, yes. right? All your secret tendencies, everything that you're not doing, everything that you are doing, yeah. right? Is all brought into that. Right. And so like, and so to say that when I get to that point, I'm just going to release this. Um, the two greatest things Today, according to Robbie Zacharias and all of his surveys that he's done, um, is uh, the two greatest things that that college-aged men and women struggle with is number one. This is crazy to me. Is suicide. Wow. Number two is pornography. So not talking about it is not going to. Um, help the situation, right? Where it's like, these are things for me. The first one is foreign suicide, but it's everywhere. And then pornography is the second. So, um, I just want to encourage people who are listening that, that, um, it's a good time. If the Lord is speaking to your heart today, like this young man and how he reached out to you, it's good to identify it and to work on it now and allow God to work through you before you enter into marriage. Yeah. So um, good, man. And I have absolutely um, experienced what it means to not do that, to go. <laughs> I'll, I'll say 180 degrees, the opposite of what you're saying right now. And I didn't act. I didn't actively believe that once I got married, it's going to go away. But I think I subconsciously believed when I got married, why the heck has this not gone away? Yeah. Right. And so I showed up to to marriage, the front step of my wedding. And um, I brought this woman from her small town in Minnesota, moved her out to California, told her, hey, we're going to figure this thing called life out together. Uh, I'm going to go do this Marine Corps thing, be gone for 65% of our marriage, right? For the first two years. And by the way, I'm having these crazy thoughts. Um, and I, trust me, I don't want them there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's supposed to be 100% okay with that, right? I'm not there yeah. right? for more than half of the time for the first two years of our marriage. I'm, I'm having these crazy thoughts everywhere, yeah. right? Even while we are being intimate and just while we're at Walmart. Yeah. And so 
I can speak to this just because of the harassment that I felt and then of the immediate freedom that I felt as soon as I got to look into the eyes of the Lord and realize, oh, I'm a son. Oh, I I am actually called to co-reign. I'm an heir with Christ. Oh, this is my identity. So I think the number one thing that any man should pursue when it comes to not being uh, tempted with pornography is choosing to pursue their identity in Christ. Yeah, 100%. I was sharing with you earlier, there was this thing I wrote the other day that was, I was writing it for people thinking that, you know, maybe it's going to bless them over social media, but it was talking about not being subject to anything else outside of what God's word talks about. And there's multiple different things in there. Like I don't have to be subject to hopelessness because we have hope in Christ. I don't have to be subject to, um, to anger because there's peace. I don't have to be subject like to all these things, all these human emotions. But one of those things is like, I don't have to be subject to sexual identity, hypersexuality. And keep in mind, I'm a football coach, so I can right. see it everywhere, right? right? Hypersexuality, homosexuality, pedophiliac tendencies, um, adultery, being an adulterer. Like, like, I don't have to be subject to these things um, because he's given us a living water. He told that to the woman by the well that will satisfy deeper, right? Than, and then, than as many sexual partners or, or it doesn't matter how many pornographic videos that you ever watch. Like he'll give you, he'll give you such a deep satisfaction because at the end of the day, we all go from that place and be like, I'm still empty. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like absolutely. I'm just left with myself and the reality that like, that I'm not who I want to be. And so like, so the yesterday I was writing that for people, but then I myself became, um, just tempted out of no, like out of nowhere with this one. Now it makes sense that we're in front of this mic. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because I became tempted out of nowhere with this, this sexuality inside of me. And I just begin to like, be like, what the heck is this? Recognize it. And then, and then realize that this sexuality isn't a bad thing. Right. God's made us and wired us to be sexual beings. Sexuality outside of what his will says is a bad thing. So what I'm getting at is this sexual desire was leading me away from my wife. Yes. And that's where I recognize this isn't from the Lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, when I'm talking about not being subject to anything else, your identity is in Christ. I am a co-heir, labor, reigning and ruling with him. So I begin to speak that out over myself and just saying like, uh, you're not subject to this behavior. You're subject, You, what you are subject to, according to the word of God, is to love her and to honor her and to go home and to be with her right. and to pour into her. So when I went home, the byproduct of that was I had victory in the car. And as soon as I got home... Um, because this is going to be for men, it really doesn't even matter. But she came to the door and was physically desiring me. That's you know awesome. what I mean? Which is, which, and I feel like, even though it's so dumb, but I feel like it's a really a reward for the Lord. Like I didn't have to initiate anything. Right. I didn't have to speak game at her. She, she met me yeah. in a, in a place where she's like, I want to be intimate with you. And I think that God was showing me that as we begin to partner with that. Yeah. That, that it's like, well, if, if I don't take care of this issue now, then who will? And the idea is, is just trust him. Right. Trust what his word says. I wasn't, I wasn't commanding this sexual spirit because I didn't want it. I just knew it was, was not from God. So being to command it, 
And then the byproduct of it is I got home and I was blessed beyond measure. Yeah. You that's awesome. I mean? that's and like, awesome. and so I think that like, like you were talking about that mindset, but not just thinking about things like for me, what it works, what it is, is audibly speaking it out. Yeah. Um, I was really in my car. People think I'd look like a weirdo because I'm pointing my finger. Well, you're I'm also driving. Things. You're also driving. <laughs> I just want to, can we put a picture up of your car? Yeah, bro. It is a yellow Twinkie. <laughs> so, yes, I, I would think that people are thinking that. <laughs> it's so good, man. And I, I real quick, I just want to say to the young man that sent me that question, uh, I just stand up and applaud for you yeah. right now. Honestly, that is, it's so humbling, like I said before, that you would take the time to write that. And it's awesome to see that the Holy Spirit is already working in you. And if you're another man that is already digging in and trying to find truth, it's because the Holy Spirit is already working yeah. inside of you. So keep going and standing ovation to you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the show. Real quick, there are guys out there that need to hear this and maybe you know someone that needs to hear this specifically. Guys, would you take a quick moment and if the Lord is putting this on your heart, share this with them. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and click that like button. Don't forget to subscribe. Let's get back to the show. Nick, I was thinking earlier that the I was uh, looking up the biggest bust for counterfeit money. Here's why. I thought that this is what I would find. They found stacks of $100 bills, right? Okay. Our largest printed money. Yeah. What you never find when you're looking at big level bus is a bunch of counterfeit $1 bills. Huh. Right? Like, so check that out. Check this out. So they, they come into a room and they're trying to assess where this money is coming from. Most of it is coming from Peru. Apparently, that's where 60% of the world's counterfeit money comes from. Huh. And so they're... They're looking, there's $100 bills in the euro. I don't know what their highest bill is, but there's that there too. And I think that it's because, I mean, if you're a criminal, you just want to get to the point that you want to get to as fast as possible. You're yeah. not going to print $25, $25 bills or 50s. So I think the enemy does that same thing in our lives, right? He's not yeah. going to counterfeit the $1 bills in our lives, Yeah. which I'm not going to name those things, but I think maybe minor things that still have value and still have yeah. worth, but don't have as much weight yeah. right, to our, to our identity. But then when you start working up the ladder, there's things yeah. that the enemy is counterfeiting. Those are the things that matter. So yeah. I put identity as a, as a $100 bill. Yeah. And I think the enemy does that in areas of intimacy, right? Yeah. Trying to counterfeit intimacy, even yeah. between a husband or a wife or, or friends, yeah. uh, trying to counterfeit sexuality. Yeah. Um, and then in this, just trying to counterfeit in pornography, I see it as both the sexuality piece and the intimacy piece yeah. and say that this is actually what you desire. This is what you need to feel like a man. This yeah. is what you need to feel like you have power, like you are accepted. Yeah. Um, and so it brings me back to think about the first time that we read that the enemy speaks to Jesus. Yeah. And it's when there's a dove that descends on Jesus. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit yeah. descending onto Jesus like a dove. I end. He says, uh, the Lord says that this is my um, beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. And then the ne very next verse talks about it's uh, the enemy saying, if you are really the son of God, yeah. then this and this and this and this. Yeah. Right. So it says there's people listening there, right? There's yeah. bystanders, but the enemy was also listening. And the first thing he comes to in J with Jesus, when he comes to tempt Jesus in the wilderness is his identity yeah. as a son of God. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I, anytime 
anytime you're doing something, God is going to, for instance, he designed everything. Think about this. Uh, he created Eve, uh, Genesis one. And he said, um, his first command was be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Right. So from the beginning of marital relation or from the beginning of relationship between man and a woman was always sexuality. Yeah. From Adam and Eve. That's the truth. The lie is the counterfeit is you can find more intimacy outside of God's design, Mm -hmm. right? Between monogamy and staying loyal to somebody. The crazy thing is, is that things aren't bad because God has forbidden them. Things are forbidden by God because they're bad. Mm. Like, think about this. There's a doctor that um, we have a Bible study at a a, a chiropractic uh, school here in the area. And I ran this by him and I said, let's just, let's just say this two people, a man and a woman inside of virginity, right. Um, have the exact same sexual partner for their entire life. How many cases have they known? One of them is, uh, a, one of the, one of the female doctors there is a doctor with about disease. I think it's a pathologist. Or okay. Like that. And then once just studied medicine for 30 years. So my question to them was how many times have you seen like a virgin male, a virgin woman, um, be together in a relationship completely monogamous? And how many times have you seen disease break out from that relationship? Mm-hmm. The answer is not. Yeah. Never seen a case study whatsoever right. like that. But when you begin to take sexuality outside of its internal design, because God's like in this, there's safety. Right. But now you begin to take it outside of that, whether it's like, I mean, I mean, like whether whatever people want to identify is with whatever it is. Here are the CDC to statistics from the government that 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 80 some I can't remember, 80 some percent of um, of all homosexuals who are male have a higher risk for AIDS. Yeah. Right. So you're talking about AIDS right there. We're talking about um, just even that's just within homosexuality. We're just talking about like, let's talk about multiple sexual partners right. and all the diseases that we have. They're called sexually transmitted diseases. They right. come about simply by sexual intercourse. And so God isn't saying like, God isn't saying I stricken you. Yeah to one woman for your whole life, good luck, right? He's saying, because I'm the designer of sex, anything that the enemy tries to sell you outside of my design has zero value. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you'll find as you try to put in that currency that nobody will accept it. You know what I mean? And I think that with pornography in that same way, um, what it does is people will be like, well, it's only hurting me. And it's like today, currently, maybe people are single and they're watching pornography. They could say, well, it is only hurting you. But once you bring that into relationships, like we were talking about previously, where it's like, now it's like, it's hurting your family because I've never met a a married woman who doesn't believe that pornography um, is adultery. Right. If I'm watching pornography all the time, 
while married to her, I've only seen women consider that as adultery. Yeah. Um, and so, and people are like, well, it's better than the act. And it's like, well, they're both bad. Absolutely. Like continually. Absolutely. And so like, so the enemy is like, where she's not giving you this, I'll give you this. Right. Um, but, but the lie is, is that that will, that you'll be rewarded for that. Right. Um, and so like, so like how you're talking about, like, well, why is it like, why would, why would, why would uh, pornography be, be, um, counterfeit? Number one, it destroys people's lives. Yes. Bro, I'm having a daughter and I don't even want to bring her into the conversation that deals with how people are doing other people's daughters like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's destructive to humanity in the sense that it's stripping those women and those men of their identity um, to exploit something inside of us that God has designed for full selfish gratification outside of what his word says. So um, once again, I'm a hypocrite who's saved by grace and who's now understanding to a, to a deeper level what I was all wrapped up into. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like, and so that's just a part of growing. So I think that things like that, it's not an easy fight. Um, sexuality all throughout the scriptures has always been dealt with harshly. Yeah. Um, when Aaron came down from that's the mountain or when Moses came down from the mountain, had the Ten commandments, 40,000 people died uh, because they were having wild orgies around a golden calf. Right. Um, and so God struck down the people. The church of Corinthians was, was, was so gracious, quote unquote, to a man who was sleeping with his, with his like mother-in-law, I think yeah. is what it was. And they're like, look how gracious we are. We're tolerating this stuff inside of us. Yeah. And, and literally Paul's like, kick him out and give him over to the destruction of the flesh. Wow. Second Corinthians, Paul's like, Hey, that guy that you kicked out for doing that, he obviously had repented. He's like, bring him back. Wow. <laughs> Lest he get destroyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, and so like, so on one aspect, it's like, like for whatever reason, sexual sin, I've always seen with inside the Bible that the Lord's like, I want to, I want to nip this in the butt. Right. You know what I mean? Right now. And, um, and so he commits sexual sin is unwise and does so to the detriment of his own soul. I think it's, uh, Proverbs six or seven. I can't remember which one. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not just something that like that I do with my body It's something that, that my heart and my spirit, uh, Corinthians even talks about goes a step further to say that you're mixing adultery with the spirit of God. So right? true. Yeah. And, and so it's just true, something true. inside of you that will just destroy you over time. Yeah. I mean, I remember those times where I was reaping the, the fruit, I guess I, I would say the harvest of those years that I spent in pornography. Right. So yeah. I had shared a video how, of how God came in and completely took it away. And that's exactly how it did happen. I remember it was the first week of May, yeah. uh, in 2012, he literally just yanked that desire out of my yeah. life. I have not desired that ever since, yeah. but that doesn't mean that I haven't had to fight a long yeah. fight even yesterday at the gym. Yeah. Right. And so history has made it better. Having history in the Lord, I can now look at attacks that come at me and I'm yeah. like, okay, come get out of here, bro. the last yeah. seven years, you know what I'm talking You think I'm actually going to fall for this, right? So that's made it way better. And I'll say that, you know, everything does get better with time. All right. Actually, I, I recant that statement. We'll go back. Um, I definitely think that when we are walking through it, 
the first thing that men want to do is go to war, yeah. right? We want a war. And I think it's a, it's a glorification of our masculinity yeah. to, to say, you know what? This thing's coming at me. I'm going to rebuke it. I'm yeah. going to come against it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I ran into this crazy scripture. It says, resist the devil and he will flee, right? People know it. Uh, James uh, 4, 7. And we cling on to it because it, I think it calls us to action. It calls us to do something. And most yeah. men want to get up and do, do, do. Yeah. Like that makes us feel like we're actually accomplishing something. Yeah. But years later, I was journaling and I found out that that verse is, is sandwiched between two very important verses. It says, um, James 4, 7 actually says, submit therefore to God, period. Resist the devil and he will flee, period. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Yeah. But we focus on the middle part right. of resisting, right? right? Resist the devil. But here's here's this thing that I, I uh, picked up from Dan Mahler. He's a, a pastor. Um, he's with Lifestyle Christianity with Todd, Todd yeah. White. He says, the way that you resist the devil is by just submitting to God, right? So what ends up happening is you just submit to God. Lord, I'm yours. This is what's going on inside of me. I'm having these crazy thoughts and Holy Spirit is going to be like, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But here's what you're going to do about it. Declare what you want to see. Declare what you yeah. do see. Declare what you think. Okay. I'm submitted to God. Right. So therefore the enemy is resisted and then he flees. Yeah. So then he comes back, finds you still submitted to God. But he still resisted, so he has to Guys, some thank more. you so much for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Rain in Life podcast. Let's continue the conversation over at irainandlife.com. There you'll find videos, podcast episodes, and other resources that will help you reign in life. Until then, continue to march.